Hello guys and welcome to episode 129 of the Worldwide Chels podcast. It's your host Matt back again and I am joined by the wonderful Jesters and the wonderful Carlito. Guys, welcome again. How are you guys? Doing age, good, man. I was going to say, age before beauty, man. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, Matt, Matt just got done talking first, so I don't know if you're talking about beauty. <laughs> do you, do you, Matt, do you really uh, t- uh, take tabs on how many episodes you know? You've really done 129, or are you making up that number? Nope, we, I keep tabs. I keep tabs. It's 129. This nerd has got notes. Ha! Let's go, hey, fella. I, I come prepared. I don't just turn up like you do. <laughs> a lot of yeah, bad. but yeah, but the, the, the talent shines through, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's doing an excellent job. Yeah, I know. Just I, I know. Justice brings all the talent. Oh, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's banter. Yeah. So anyway, we, the reason we won a why, game. Uh, we won a game. Yeah, the reason why we're so happy and we're not downbeat is we won a fucking game. Who would believe it? Chelsea FC won a game in 2023. Six games in a row of losing. Um, was nearly 007, as everyone was kindly putting on Twitter the day before. But we stopped that curse, as it usually does. Um, usually stopped at number six rather than number seven. Um, 3-1 against Bournemouth, who really don't have much to fight for. So... Probably was where we were going to get a win if we was going to get one this season. But a decent performance, Jesters. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, not one for the ages at all. I mean, I'm not going to be uh, talking to my kids about this performance by any means or stretch of the imagination. <laughs> uh, or my grandchildren, as it might be. I, it was just a, a, a solid performance. But, uh, you know, still things to work on. But that's not going to happen until the summer. We just need to write out these last four games, take our lumps when they come, uh, Man City. Um, but it is what it is. You know, we, we, we got that win that make, ensures our, that we're not going to get relegated. Not that we were anyway, but um, other than that, it was just, I would, t- I would say, a six out of ten performance. Well, you've calmed down, you calmed down nipping for about five minutes. <laughs> That's good. Um, Carlito, um, obviously we are not going to get relegated now. We've hit the 40-point mark. Um, did you see some good moments in that game, some, some things to be positive and about for the future? Well, the word positive, I know, is antithetical to your natural state. So I will, I will pardon you for probably feeling apprehensive about feeling good about this team. But I, I feel good about the team. Now, look, Chelsea, some of the fans are paranoid. They're paranoid about Pochettino. They're paranoid about relegation. I don't think that you should waste your energy on either of those things. I think Pochettino is coming. I think that they're just going to wait till the end of the season to do it. You know, all these reports, reports, reports that uh, it's going to happen after this game or that game. I don't think Chelsea's in any rush. They're going to let Lampard do his thing. And then Pochettino is going to come in. So enough with the paranoia, nipping, and everybody else. All right? Just relax. We'll be fine. Just enjoy the season for what it is for the rest of it. What, four or five games left? Do it for the vibes, as the kids say. Uh, what did I see against Bournemouth? Uh, Enzo Fernandez, once again, beautiful. The, the, the only problem with Enzo is that he's a little slow. Like, that. that's it. Uh, he, he's a little slow. And if you play him next to someone that's a little quicker but can also pass, which Conte cannot, uh, then I think he will flourish. Because if he's just playing as the holding midfielder, uh, it, it it allows or forces him to rely on athleticism that I don't think he has. Now, I'm not talking about Jorginho bad, because he's certainly not as slow as Jorginho. But he's not the quickest, uh, he's not the quickest guy in the field. So that's okay. But as a player, he's wonderful. Um I actually, I actually thought Blonde Mount was pretty good. Um, I thought that, oh my God, Noni Medweke was sensational. And I mean that. You know, you, I wrote this yesterday, but it is a pleasure to see a young player, you know, step up onto the world stage and announce himself, you know, really come into his own, like, like, a, 
like uh, like the movie Stand by Me, you know, like a coming of age film. And he just he just totally announced himself, and he says, "I am going to be competing for the starting role next season with Pochettino." Hear me roar, and he did. He roared like like mad. Now I compared him to Mares. Uh, I think that they do similar movements. They do similar cuts. He's obviously much bigger and faster than Mares. Mares relies more on technical ability than speed, but Madueke is both. And I don't know, man. I think that we found a gem in this guy. And I think he's only going to get better because he started off really slow against Arsenal because he kept losing the ball, but there were absolutely signs of genius in his game. And it really was on uh, full display against Bournemouth. And I'm very pleased with that. I'm very pleased for him. I know that uh, he's been waiting patiently for this for months, and he finally got it. And it's it's tremendous. And the other player I want to shout out is Betty Shield. Betty Shield was very clever. Um, he's very aggressive. His passing is so crisp. I, I just love his style of play. And then the goal was a banger. That was a fucking banger. So not a bad game. It lifts the spirits of the team. It lifts the spirits of the fans. And, uh, I mean, it could not get any worse. And uh, now we're, we're out of the trenches, I think, a little bit. So Yeah, just a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, Jester, do you agree with what Carlito said in terms of Bright sparks, bright players, or was there anyone else that caught your eye in that match? Yeah, I pretty much uh, agree with K- the uh, Katy Perry over there. Uh, you know, he wants to hear people roar. Okay. <laughs> Channel you couldn't let that Perry. one lie, could you? you no, couldn't I couldn't. <laughs> it's jabroni. I am surrounded by jabronis at this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, I think pretty much that's, I think pretty much. You, you uh, hit on the standout players. Yeah. Um, you know, Gallagher did play a little bit more under control. You know, I, 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 I joked he, he only did one line instead of two before the game. <laughs> you know, uh, he had it. He, he was a little bit more in control, which is good to see. He, you know, he made the right run. Uh, Conte put a nice ball in. Probably the only good pass he made all game. Seriously. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's still very hard to get the ball off of. But, you know, in the final third, you don't – most of the time you don't want him with the ball because that's just not who he is. Uh, but, you know, I didn't think he played badly. Um, we can talk about somebody who did play badly. And uh, to all those Cobham fans out there, I'm sorry, but uh, Chalabut showed himself again not good enough to be on this team. Um, he constantly does not track runners. Um, he's – He's slow afoot. He doesn't have that uh, get-up-and-go speed. It takes him a while to get it to the top speed. And he's just not that dude. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I I know that's going to break some people's hearts, but it needs to be done. Uh, I heard a lot of people say that Kepa should have saved the goal. (laughs) I don't don't know what I'm planning. What? That was one of the cleanest strikes I've ever seen. Are you I mean, get the fuck out of here? I mean, I I don't like to st- I don't like to sit there and applaud goals that have not been scored by my football team, but that was one where you just had to you had to just go fair enough fair play. Probably could have defended it better, but yeah. is not. I, I I think it's because every goal that we seem to concede a lot of the time are long range shots. These screamers and some of them. Look like screamers, but in reality, probably Kepa could have shaved them. But now I think it's more of a, in this case, an agenda that every long shot Kepa misses or doesn't save, it's automatically Kepa's fault, which I don't think so. I think you could blame people for not tracking him down um, and allowing him to take the shot. That's where you place the blame. The shot should have never been taken in the first place. Um, well, you know, uh, let me let me speak on this. This is, and I mean, this used to happen all the time under Jorginho is that players would simply advance beyond him because he couldn't keep up. Enzo, again, is quicker than Jorginho, but uh, if you're going to have a holding mid, he has to be fast. I mean, that, I know that, that you, whenever you think of speed, you're thinking of, like, wings and outside backs and strikers, but at least whenever I built a midfield, my holding mid was always fast. Yeah. And I think that you need you need speed at that position because a lot of it is recovery. If you're not on the ball – you're off the ball. And if you're off the ball, it's often a recovery measure and mostly in counterattacks. And 
you have to be able to catch back up with the with the play. And um, it's a, it's actually a very important trait of the position. And uh, right now, we currently don't have that. So, you know, and that, the, and, go ahead. And that ahead. is exactly the reason why I'm not so sure on Edson Alvarez in terms of an option for DM, because I don't think he's that fast either. I think that that ship has sailed. But I do want to say this one thing. Uh, that Bournemouth goal was, was stellar pattern play. Uh, that's the type of stuff that they work on in training, but it's the type of play that doesn't always happen in a game. But when it does, it normally breaks down. But with that one, it did not break down, and it was it was very slick. Um, but I just have to say this. This is not 2017 anymore. It, it's just it, – it's not 2015. I keep – I keep remembering games, even under like Mauricio Sarri, we played Newcastle and absolutely fucking brutalized them. They would never have the ball. We play Watford, they would never have the ball. And now I look at these teams now, in 2023, seven years later, they are way better than they used to be. There are no, uh, you know, waffle teams, man. There are no easy wins in this Premier League anymore. I cannot believe how much better the league has gotten. Because if I look at that and then I compare it to Spain and I compare it to France, which is at an all-time low, uh, and I compare it to Italy, which is a, the other league a lot, I watch a lot, uh, their football is bad. Their football is bad in comparison. It's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of uh, 50-50 challenges. There's, there's not a lot of pattern play. It's kind of narrow, too. Like in Italy, it's very narrow. Um, but, man, the football in England, it's way better. And... I don't think it's ever going to be a slam dunk case for any team anymore. I know Man City is grinding it out to the finish line this season, but they, I mean, they could very easily slip up against us. We have, we have a great game and, and they don't, they could easily lose to us. Like the season is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so confident with that. Uh, oh, I, yeah, but you're naturally a cynic but, and I'm naturally let, 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 an American. Let's, let's not be hasty. We've beaten Bournemouth. But, but, but no, my point, my point is very simple. My point is very simple. The league is way better now. Yeah. And, and uh, it's it's never going to be a shoe in It's never going to be a shoe in Yeah, and in that point, I do agree. And I think this is why when everyone goes that we've we've had absolute. This is absolutely one hundred and twenty percent the worst season we've had. Yeah. Yes, statistically, it is the worst season. But I would actually argue that you're comparing it to seasons where teams were nowhere near as competitive. A bad. Back in Mourinho days, the early Roman days, which everyone wants to compare it to, if you had a bad season, you finished fourth as yeah. a big team. You have a bad season now, but even three, even five, six years ago, bad season would be fifth or sixth. This season, a bad season is mid-table because everyone's so good. And yeah, people's points, people keep going, oh, but look, look at f- fifth and fourth. They've not got m- as many points as they've had in previous years. Yes, because everyone's in a narrow playing field and naturally when everyone is as good as each other and taking points of each other the point total is going to lower but that's not necessarily meaning that these teams are bad now and worse than other teams it just means there's a lot, lot, lot more competition and there is a lot more competition i think every premier league team has money there is yeah. you've got you've got your Everton's that are struggling financially um, in terms of balancing it, but they have spent money. They've just spent it in the wrong ways. But apart from even Burnley, when now Burnley are coming up, Burnley's new owners have more money than they did before. So Burnley will be able, they won't be able to spend as much as others, but they will be able to. Sheffield United will be the only te- team next season that does not have money, and they will go back down straight away. But apart from that, everyone in this league has money of some or another. Other teams have a little bit less money. Um, Brentford have good have good systems to compensate that, um, and that's why they do so well. So it is it is a thing of the Premier League is so competitive, and you, that's why you cannot rest on your laurels. And that's why I'm not so sharp to go. This is the absolutely the worst season ever because sometimes it's hard to compare it in all angles. Because I think if you if you put the 15-16 team in this season, the, I, I, I think the 15-16 team would probably finish just as low as we have now. Even, dare I say it, the Champions League winning season, 2012-2013, the way we played in that Premier League, we'd be mid-table right now. 
the way them players played in that season, and, and I am talking strictly in the Premier League, obviously the Champions League was a bit different. Um, so, yeah, I, that, that would be my point on it, just to try and make this season not so much of a shithole as it has been, um, even though you can't <laughs> polish a third. Well, the one thing I'll say about 2015 is that Hazard was injured for a majority of it, and that was by a mile, not just our best player, but the best player in the league. Um, that does matter because a lot of the way that we played over those seven years he was here, it was heliocentric around him. And uh, so not having him um, for a majority of the season, he only scored two goals that entire season. And when he wasn't injured, he was overweight. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, he was, he was always injured and he was always out of shape. He was fat the whole season, just fat. Yeah. Well, a couple some news on Burnley since you had to bring him up. Uh, Vincent Company has signed an extension until 2028, so no, he's no not coming to Chelsea. <laughs> well, that, that, that is basically a Tottenham, if you want to come and get him, you're going to have to pay big money for him. Right. And uh, uh, they also have a new uh, minority owner in J.J. Watt. Yeah, he's doing the whole Wrexham thing. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, athletes since they have so much money uh, trying to buy in minority shares uh, of yeah. different sports. And fair play. I mean, more, I don't, more I don't money in the Premier League is good. Well, no, yeah. I mean, it's when you buy into a team, you don't make money every year. In fact, a lot of teams operate on losses. But when you do make money is when you sell it again. Because it is one of the most stone cold appreciating assets in the world is buying a sports team. I mean, my God, the Knicks and the Golden State Warriors are worth, I think, eight billion now. Like they, though, both those teams could sell for eight billion. Too. I reckon you are going to see a lot of Championship, League One, League Two. Oh, dare yeah. I say, even National League sides. I mean, there was people looking at Notts County as well, um, to potentially get them, um, potentially a, a athlete coming in and helping out. And I think this this is good for the English football because, as 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 Carlito kind of said before, the Premier League and just the English football pyramid in general is by far the most competitive and stable football place in the world. It's amazing. Um, Serie A is just is hanging on its knees. Um, La Liga is just covered in turmoil with the whole Barcelona situation. As you said, the Fr French league is just in the dumps yeah. in terms of they, they have talent that they produce individually, but their just teams are just garbage. Um, Bundesliga just runs them by Munich, but they're not going to get. I think Bundesliga is one of them ones that don't get any better, don't get any worse. They just stay as they are. Yeah. Um, and then who else you got? Portuguese league. Again, they, they work Turkish well. I think I think the, the Portuguese league they work well under their again under their how they work. They work to make talents do well in their Champions League, but that's about it. Um, there's not really much to go from it. Um, so the English, I mean, most Championship teams and most Premier League. Teams, I mean, look look at West Ham for example. Could potentially could have got could could get relegated still. Um, Yet they're in the Conference League final. Uh, or well, could well, be we, because we actually play in the Super League. So, this yeah, is the Super we, League. Yeah, and that's that's why the other clubs want the European Super League because the Premier League <coughs> has created a model that's very well. Um, it, it benefits everyone, and the New Deal um, for the lower leagues has come out as well, and that looks like it's going to benefit the lower leagues a lot more. So. You're just going to see more and more and more and more money in this English league, um, and that's why 
te- players are now going to relegated teams like Southampton, not because oh, oh, I, I, I want to play in the Premier League, because I just want to play in the English Football League. Because one day I will get to the Premier League. Uh, and if not, the Champions League, Championship isn't even a bad league anymore. It's no more Brexit football. You actually see quite a lot of good football in the Championship now. Yeah. Um, even you look down at League One, uh, Ipswich Town just got promoted today um, under Kieran McKenna, um, proved that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the shit one. Um, but he's playing very good, <laughs> football there, very good football there and has got promoted. That's League One. League One was literally Brexit football five or six years ago, but it's developed so much and that's why it's great. Um, do you, do you think that... i got to ask you this after you're done. Go ahead. No, you got go on. I'm done. I have actually. to ask you this. Is... Huh. Is the hegemony of English football bad for the sport itself? Like, it, because England has the most money, because England is, I mean, it's becoming a talent drain in other leagues. I'm asking, is it actually bad for the sport? That the Premier League, Championship, League One, Two, National, they all have more money. And, you know, I know that it trickles down, but... Like, is this actually bad for the sport that we are siphoning too much talent from other countries? Not necessarily, because what you find is everyone that's in, everyone knows the Premier League has a lot of money. So that means Premier League teams have to pay a lot of money for players. And these teams are, for the only reason these teams are staying afloat is because financially the Premier League is giving them big juicy transfer fees on their players. So it's, it's, it all works out in the end. I think, yes, the other leagues could be better, but I don't think it's down to the Premier League to knock itself down to their level. It's about them stepping up and following a Premier League-type model and reforming their leagues and not just go looking and going and giving TV money just to Barcelona or just to Real Madrid or just to Juventus or just to whoever. It yeah. needs to be spread a lot more evenly. Um, it's kind of all this like whole thing in society of let's knock down the rich all the time to make the poorer richer. It's like we know some a lot of rich people have got to their places through hard work. So why would you not keep knocking down the rich? It's about time you bring up the poor rather than knock down the rich. And it's the same with in, in football. With there's no point in knocking down the Premier League. You don't fix a model that's not broken. You're sounding very American, Matthew. You're sounding oh. very American. I, 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 it's just, just, it's just the way the world works, unfortunately. You're betraying the pro-labor policies of Britain. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I definitely don't agree with the pro-labor policies. <laughs> oh, I don't either. I'm a capitalistic son of a gun. Oh, yeah, I'm management all the way, baby. All the way. Oh, man. Anyway, let's get back to Chelsea. And there is an interesting point that I'm going to make. And it arises from a conversation I had with a, a dear friend of this channel, Marvin Dent. Um, oh, he, he made a post <laughs> what regarding, up, <laughs> regarding the second goal. Um, obviously, Badi Shile scoring the goal, but the person who assisted it, Hakim Ziyech. And his comment was that he thinks potentially is Hakim Ziyech being treated unfairly because he constantly provides these big crucial moments in big crucial games um, and our people and people are being a bit harsh on him for that and should give him more time. Do you guys agree with that or is Marvin just wrong? What? No, I don't agree with that. Hakim Ziyech made his bed. He tries in like 10% of the games that he plays in. And when he plays, he loses the ball all the time because he's too skinny and he has no retention. No, dude, are you kidding me? I, that's a hipster take. I, I, I like Marvin, but uh, that's, a, that's a bad take. Ziyech is nowhere near good enough for what we want on this team. So, no, he is being treated exactly what, the way that he should be treated, which is as an extremely peripheral player that should have gone in January. Yeah, I mean, just as I, I know your opinion on Ziyech, I can assume it hasn't changed. Yeah, uh, um, so that means that uh, we need to bring in James Ward-Prowse, uh, Karen Trippier, because they can hit a set piece. Is that what we're talking about here? It, it wasn't from open play, was it? It was from a set piece. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, dad joke. 
Hey. I mean, I'm, I'm just scrolling through the timeline as I have now, uh, one of the bigger accounts uh, on Twitter has just come out and said, would you start Sackham Ziyech against Nottingham Forest? Oh, my no. God. Who, who was who it? Who was it? Matt, who was it? CFC Blues. Uh, okay. Why? I mean, did, did Medweke not? He, he was poor, right? Medweke was poor last game. Is that what we're saying? No, he was awesome. Yeah. So why would you why would you start somebody who's not going to be here next year? Yeah, it's just a bad take. It's just a bad it's, take. It's just it's again. It's oh, I saw a moment. So so this is going to be my hot take. It's unintelligent, and it's counterproductive to what we want to be. You want to play the young players. I, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't see why Carney's not on the bench. Um, the, the, I mean, Kovacic didn't play in that game. There's no reason not to put Carney on the bench. We know Kovac's probably not going to be here next year. There's no, there's no contract talk. He's in his last year. We guess what? Conte, for my, I don't think Conte has signed his extension yet either. Nope. So, so, you know, we we're safe. Play the, play the youth. Okay. You don't hear Justice often. It's Felix Johnston over here. My God. Well, I mean, just in this case, there's no, no there's no other reason not to. I got to change headsets. Give me one second. Okay. Um, Matthew, what do you think of that take from a good old? Mark? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to go back to the post. I think actually Marv deleted it. Funny enough. Oh. Funny he's done that. But anyway, my 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 point was it was that yes, Hakim Ziyech produces these good moments, but it is flash in the pan moments. It doesn't come often enough. If these if these moments, not obviously this is a set piece, and we know Hakim Ziyech is, what, is generally okay at set pieces, but even then he can be very inconsistent. But there have been place times in 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 play itself where he's done very well. But and if this come more often. I'd be happy to keep him in the team and have him in as a role. But simply, it just doesn't come enough. And that is why, as an experienced player as he is, I've had enough and he shouldn't be in the team. And also, quite frankly, he doesn't want to be at Chelsea anymore. So that is just the number one thing of let's get rid of him, no matter how good he is. Um, Because if you don't want to be at my club, don't don't stay. We'll we'll shut shut the door quickly on you the way out. Um, But... Maybe it was just a um, a lapse of judgment from Marv. Obviously, he's been watching. He's been in Mexico, drinking that tequila. So maybe he just had a bit too much tequila when he read made, made that tweet. Um, <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think Marvin drinks. Uh, no, oh, he was watching Canelo yesterday. So he might have been excited. And, you know, <laughs> uh, that's good. Got on some that's of that tequila. Um, but yeah, uh, did he, are you accusing him of drinking the worm? What's good, Maddie? Uh, you, you you never know. You never know. Uh, to live in Mexico, man. I, I mean, I've flirted with it before. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, now, yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, I Chelsea fans have these short-term memories, man. They don't put it in their memory bank. Bad performances, and all I remember is Ziyech's bad performances with cool moments. Like he, you cannot build a career on cool moments. You have to be a consistently good player and contributor and he just isn't that he's a liability and he's too small for the premier league i know that that's a that's a sort of a, uh, an elementary take but it's true he is too skinny like if mares wasn't unbelievably skilled he would be too skinny for the premier league you gotta have more size man i mean look what happened when jack grealish put on weight he became one of the best players in the world he's an insane player right now Grealish, but that's because he's built like a brick shit house. Those calves are the size of my head. Like it's crazy, it's cra- it's crazy how strong he is, and that you you need that type of strength in the Premier League. You know, I mean, huh, I'm just I'm tired. It's a bad take. I'm tired of the take. I'm tired of the player. He just he's gonna go. It's time. It's time because he doesn't want to be here. His attitude sucks. I- I'm sure that he's always in the locker room bitching about something. He just strikes me as the type. So nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I mean he'll be leaving anyway, and I think we know he's going to leave, so we don't have to worry about it too much. Of 
they're staying in the team. They're not the one worrying. No. Oh, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I don't know whether Jester's is worried, but we'll wait and see. No, I'm not worried at all. He, he can go. Plus, I just saw Jorginho get dumped to the ground, so I'm happy. <laughs> I, I, I need to turn that on. I need to turn that on. Oh, shit, I, I, I so hope in the little bit, of, in the half an hour we have left of recording that Arsenal concede. It would be so great. Um, just to... Just, they almost did. They almost did. Well, they fingers the crossed, so then we can just take the piss out of Molina. Oh, right. just dunk on her face. Oh. Let's go. Would be great. Would be uh, great. She's such um, a good sport, by the way. She's such a good sport. Yeah, she's uh, great. I love she's, the Oh, she dishes it out. She, she, she oh. takes it and she dishes it she out. She is so. foul. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, no, I, I've uh, never seen someone so nice and horrible at the same time. <laughs> she's awful. <laughs> the oh. best. But anyway, we, we, we do have games remaining. Obviously, Nottingham Forest next. Yep. Um, a team that is still fighting for relegation, unlike us. Um, so do you, do you think going into this game, especially with how suddenly confident we felt after that, when uh, once we started scoring, um, do you think we're going to get a good result from that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, are we doing prediction radio? We're doing prediction radio. Okay. I'm not uh, necessarily asking you this for scoreline. I'm just asking whether you think we're going to do well in that game and whether yes. we might get a win. Yeah, I think that I, – I, dude, the, the team's good, Matt. Like, the, on paper, the players are very good. It's just if Aspie starts, that is where I am like, I don't know, a little iffy. So if Aspie has to start, that is uh, – that's going to be a problem for me. That's where even though Jester's did – criticize Chalabat um a little bit it's the lesser of two evils for me yeah yeah and, and i'm talking about left back right now i mean it, he'd probably go with lewis hall but i don't know lewis hall again that's it's a it's a, it's a naive player he makes a lot of mistakes so yeah i do think if there is no ben Chilwell or cucarella i do see lampard potentially switching up a little bit and going to a back three because, oh. I think, because then I think having Lewis Hall wing back is less of a less of a danger defensively compared to having him at left back. So you're thinking softest cheeks? Yeah, I, I would I would think I I think he'd play Ruben. Potentially he could play one of the wingers and do what we all hate, but I, I don't know what Lampard's going to do. Um, oh, it's a okay. shame, really. That it's a shame that Chilwell's got this hamstring injury because actually, the lineup he put in, it was actually the first time I've looked at a lineup under Lampard and gone, "Do you know what? I don't see much wrong with that." Obviously, yeah. Gallagher starting is is what it is. But then thinking, I've been I've been annoyed with the Kovacic, Kante, Enzo midfield three because it just does nothing offensively. All right, Gallagher doesn't do much more offensively, but at least it's someone a bit different. Um, sure. I would like, I, I would personally like Carney Chukwemeka to start there, or potentially a Felix um, starting in more of a ten position. But that's just me being a bit more picky, uh, and obviously I know that's not going to happen. So in terms of what is a realistic line lineup under Lampard, I think that was actually a, quite a decent lineup. Personally, I think. Mudrick and Madawaki still need to start next time. And I think Mudrick was quiet at times and then had them flashes of brilliance. Um, I'm okay with him doing this now, but next season I think he does need to pick up and start performing a bit more uh, and showing a bit more in games. Otherwise, if the likes of Raheem Sterling start picking up form, he's quickly going to lose his place. So I want to talk about this for a second because it was actually (laughs) – when I watched this, I'm like, man, they're giving him way too much space. Every time Madwick got the ball, he was given 10 yards of space to pursue the outside back. Now, for me, that's bad. That's bad coaching. That's bad tactics, that he was allowed to receive the ball so many times with space. But then whenever Mudrick receives the ball, every team that we play, they make a conscious effort to not give him a lot of space. Because if they give him space, you're toast. So I, I noticed that teams that we play, they always key on him to collapse whatever avenue he would normally have. 
And so I, Mudrick, Mudrick's being keyed on, but he's being keyed on for a reason. I mean, he's just an unbelievable athlete. And uh, unfortunately for, for Bournemouth is that they did not uh, show the same amount of respect for Madweke, who just torched them. So I don't think that'll happen again when we play Forest. I think Madweke is going to have a lot less space. But yeah, with Mudrick, they're, they're making a very conscious effort to key on him and not allow him to take the line. I mean, it's not just in this game. It's in the Arsenal game. It's in every game, you know, because they, they know exactly who this guy is. But I'm with you. I mean, he's still new to the team. But next season, after having a full summer here, I do expect fireworks because anything less would be unacceptable for a player like that because he is so um, unique. And it, and it's, uh, it's about damn time that he starts showing it. Yeah, and to be honest... Even if he does have not the best of seasons, I think because he is he is young and he's got he's got that time ahead of him. And I understand this season was a hard season, the transition in terms of not being match fit, um, being out for that period of time, and then suddenly having to try and play catch up to it all. Um, obviously, he's not got that excuse next season. But even if he is, obviously depending on if Sterling and that come back to form and play penalty, well, penalty, penalty, penalty to who? Newcastle. Ha-ha! Oh, come on. It's being checked. Oh, oh my God. That is blatant. That is blatant. Is that, is that Xhaka? Jared, is that Xhaka? Uh, it looks like 15 is the key warrior, the new guy. Oh. I, I wish it was Xhaka. Just just because just fuck Xhaka. <laughs> That's being checked. I, I am I am just I'm on the group chat now waiting just to put that message into Malia. <laughs> Hold on, it's being checked. I, I mean he's playing goalkeeper. That oh come on. Or did he come off his it, it came off his thigh? They should have another angle of this. Oh, all right. Well, this is bad podcasting. Let's just get back to <laughs> yeah. sorry. We'll, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait for the penalty to be scored before celebrating. But yes, so I think if Sterling does get back to form, and Mudrik has to play off the bench and come on and in, impact games like that, I don't mind that straight away. As long as Sterling's obviously playing well and starting and actually play, and making an effort and playing right away, he, which I think he can do. I think them two would work well together. I don't mind. I don't mind. I think this, this kid's got time. Um, but he just needs to show us something to give him that trust and time. He's showing it's an eight-year deal. I think it's now I think it's now like a nine-year contract. Like it, thought, it, yeah, they rearranged it. Enzo's was nine years. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. well, he ain't going so, For me, it was they played down the right hand side. All right. And so Madweke got into uh, a rhythm, he got into the game. We didn't play a whole lot down the left, and it's hard for young players to get into the game if they're if they're not being if if they're not that they're not being played through, right? Because you have to have a rhythm of the game, you have to have the ball played to you, you have to get into it. And if you're just having a few touches, it's hard for young players to get in, in, into that rhythm. And uh, I, I think that uh, maybe we're being a little bit too harsh on him because again, he didn't. He didn't get the ball, but a few times, and it's not always uh, good for young players to be in that position. Yeah, so, yeah. I think he's. I think well, he's got an eight-year contract, so he's he has time. Um, and I think, as I said, I just, he just needs to show us enough to give us that trust to trust him and time. Obviously, for for Chelsea fans, time is not a concept uh, that we like to use. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how he is. Um, we'll see how he goes. I I have the faith that Mudrick will come well. Um, will come good eventually. And I think under someone like Pochettino, I think that is one of the perfect managers to make him f- flourish. Um, I mean, you've seen what av- he's done to average Tottenham players. So I'm sure he can do it with very good, talented youngsters at Chelsea. Madueke as well. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll get the best out of players like Raheem Sterling as well, um, and hopefully 
Ian Cuckoo's, your Felix's, they can all flourish under Poch um, when they get to it. Um, we'll talk about Felix while we're here, um, yeah. while we have got time, because he is forever on my timeline, uh, causing controversy, annoying all the right type of people. Um, <laughs> I love him too. He's the best. Obviously, the third goal was just great combination. I really liked that goal. And again, obviously, Sterling coming on under pressure, booed when he come on, which I just think, yeah, he hasn't played well, but who hasn't, who who has played well? So why single out Sterling as one of the, obviously, I know Kukurilla and that have been booed previously, but why, why boo just Sterling uh, out of all the other attackers that you possibly could have booed coming on? Um, but there you go. I do think it's, uh, I'm not going to say what the reason might be for it because I might get in trouble, but I think we all know what kind of the reason uh, some match-going fans would have to boost Sterling. Um, oh, really? Wait. Still? Uh, we've got previous. We've yeah, Sterling. Uh, they booed ZS so. too, by the way. So anybody who hadn't been playing well, they booed. So I, I, think I, 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 I think it's more of a form thing. I don't want to put stick on people. I think it's more of a form thing. I think he's been like, look, look, I get it. There's still that in football, especially like in Italy. And it sucks. Uh, people, uh, you, people won't change. They're just going to die. And then a new generation will not have the same sentiments. But uh, with Sterling, dude, 325K, he's the highest paid player on the team. And he's been for months bad. So uh, uh, look, the booing thing is kind of embarrassing, but uh, at the same time, he hasn't been playing well, and he gets paid a ridiculous amount of money. That's a bad contract. And uh, I, yeah, I, you guys keep saying, "Oh, if Sterling comes good next season," that is actually one that I'm very. Oh, goal, Martin Odegaard. Jesus Christ, he's good. Uh, yeah, I'm just worried about Sterling. I actually don't even know if he should be here next season. Well, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I, I have a bit more faith in him than you do. Um, for once, me having positivity and faith in a player. There you go. Um, but we'll see how it goes. But Felix, it was a good goal. Um, and I thought the celebration was brilliant um, and triggered all the right people. Um, do you think Do you think he's going to stay next season? Or, and, or do you think Chelsea will look at and go, we've got on Cuckoo. You've got Mudrick, Madawake already here, Kai Havertz. If you potentially then bring in a new striker on top of it, you're suddenly very top-heavy, even with Pulisic and Ziyech leaving. Um, do you think he's coming in? Obviously, Carly, so I can assume I know what your answer is. So, well, no, it's... It, nah, don't be so sure about it. It's more about the market. It's more about, is there a market for him to be sold at a price that's acceptable for Chelsea? Because, again, we are hunting for cash. Not because we are strapped for cash, but because we need to balance the books. That is the way it goes. And so with 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 Sterling, I mean, I don't know. Is this a situation where Arsenal or Liverpool would buy him? I, he's he's just been poor this season, and it's more than anything else. It's his ball retention. Like his that ball bounces off of his feet, and in a way that like then you look at players like Dabala. Or, or Hazard back in the day, where the ball sticks to their feet. It's with Sterling. It's just, it's just a bad touch, and it's, it's becoming increasingly worse uh, with the worse that we play and the more isolated he is on the field. Uh, so no, I mean, if we restructure his contract, great. But I, I sincerely do believe that he is, he is past his prime, and that this is just a payday, and uh, that is a disingenuous way to be a professional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to completely disagree with that. Yeah. Um, as do you, do you think Felix will come in, or do you think financial fair play will stop us from getting him? Well, I think there's going to be a second loan with an obligation or an option to buy at the end, which is, is fine, because um, it gives you another year. But look, we've we've had all this talk about players in the dressing room that have caused the issue. Right. And I believe Sterling's name is on that list um, of the older players that have just been nothing but problem childs this, this year. Uh, so I'm fine if Sterling goes. I don't see any if you're going to build a young structure, which they've started to do, um, you know, that went out of the window. 
the the uh, the um, older players went out the window when Tuchel was let go. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, they they just have to get some of these older guys out and uh, build a team with these young players and and go from there. And Sterling doesn't fit that mold in any sort of which way. Uh, and I. I don't see any reason for him to stay on this team. Find a buyer for him uh, because you can take a little loss on what you paid for the transfer fee to get that that huge contract off the books. Oh, you take twenty five percent off for uh, yeah. amortization. So I mean, if if we we paid what sixty something for him, if we sell him for forty five, then that is not a loss. Well, you usually want to sell him for more than than what you paid, for, or at least what you paid for him. Of As course, in an ideal world, but he's a depreciating yeah. asset, and so I don't think that's going to happen, dog. No, no and I, that, that's fine with me. If, if you take a little something off of him, get him out, that's fine. It uh, looks like Koulibaly might be going to Juventus. Look, move some of these guys out. Um, the idea that, oh, you got to have all these veterans on the team. Well, if you're, buy, if you're building a young squad, having a veteran here, a veteran there works fine. Thiago Silva is enough veteran to be on the field. doesn't matter what position he plays. To, to coach a young team on the field or to give them advice, to be the big brother, as it might be, he's all you need. You saw him after the game, you know, uh, hugging up on, on, on Madueke for the game he had. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, he is the quintessential captain. Um, he's not like the Aspie who I've said this for years should have been gone and he's probably the worst captain I've ever seen. He's awful. He's, he's terrible. Awful. And he, you know, you just have to say, you know, we're going to take the hit now, get rid of these older players, keep with the young squad and let Potch build. And look, the thing about young players is sometimes they're too dumb to know they're not supposed to do something. Right. <laughs> They're too naive to know they're not supposed to beat Man City at, at the Etihad, right? They don't know that. So when they go in there, they don't have this feeling of, oh, we can't beat them. They're too dumb to know that. They're too ignorant of, of those facts. So you get performances sometimes that are above. And, of course, because they're young, you have performances that don't rise. But you have to roll with that, build a team, because what you're going to build is something that I think next year, I know nobody thinks this, but I think we're going to be challenging for a lot of trophies next year. We got three we're going to be in, and I see us being right there in all three of them. Well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I I, I am going to keep my uh, negative, not negative, but cynical hat on for a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> it suits you, Matthew. It suits you. I know. I, to be fair, I, I do think we will be a lot better than we are this season. I, I do think we'll challenge for top four. Yeah. Uh, depending on how close it is, we might challenge for the title race, but I don't think we'll be serious challengers. We'll be like a Man United challenging for about a week or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we could do well. The Cups, you never know. It depends on who you get, when you get a bit of luck in certain moments. So potentially we could, but I think this team needs a good year or two um to get to that high top level uh, and obviously depends on how other teams may improve and not improve um obviously man city is, is a hard person to chase um arsenal done it this year whether arsenal will be able to do it again i doubt um but we'll see how that goes um the final bit of news that i want to speak about just to come out uh it is from not the best source in the world so i will take it with a pinch of salt but Who's the source? Felix Johnson. <laughs> but it is an, it is an, <laughs> it is an interesting piece of news. I don't think it's entirely wrong. I just think it's a bit more the obvious. lone army general. <laughs> but he said, understanding Chelsea are working on in start establishing a hierarchy amongst directors. Currently, directors are answering to Boley and Egbali, but owners want a footballing head in charge next season. Either they will promote within, when Stanley or Vivelle are the options, or an external candidate told Paul Mitchell is the preferred candidate out of anyone. 
Um, so this links into our whole conversation about the gun, the bullets, and the safety. Ah. Could we finally be seeing that safety put back on the gun? Yes. And is this a good thing? Yes. <laughs> it is There's obviously no safety a on a revolver. Thing. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're changing the gun. Maybe it's not a revolver anymore. <laughs> Hopefully not. It, what are we going to get a Beretta? <laughs> Come on. Hey, I just, I just, I'm sorry. I had to be a contrarian. I look, they, they've been waiting for Michael Edwards. We know this. Um, so if they're now saying not to Michael Edwards or no to Michael Edwards or they're not going to wait, um, that then Paul, Paul Mitchell's fine. I mean, got he, you know, he, he has great salons, uh, great hair products. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> God's sake. But, but uh, yeah. I, I, do, I do think Paul Mitchell is probably more than not more of being mentioned because he's worked with Poch before. Sure, and he's he's uh you know he's he was actually he's been linked to uh, United if the takeover happens. Yeah, I think so, he'll be linked to a number of big jobs because he's a really currently a, basically a free agent, or at least looking for a move. So I think there'll be a lot of big clubs linked with him. Um, I mean, I don't mind a foot. I just I just want a footballing head. Um, obviously. Boley and Egbali can be the um, obviously they're putting the money in, so that's that, that that's what that's their job. Um, but I think to get a, a, I've been waiting for a football hierarchy at this club for a long time because we haven't had a proper hierarchy for years. Arguably, Emanado was the last bit of football in our hierarchy we've properly had, um, and it has worked in some in some ways or another with Marina, but in other ways. As I've quite met, frankly mentioned plenty of times on this pod, it also hasn't worked and has created some of the problems that have caused this collapse in the first place. So I think it would be good to get someone in. Um, do I rate Paul Mitchell as much as others do? No. I think some of his talent ID has been okay. Some of it's been not as good. But at the same time, he hasn't worked at a club like Chelsea with the, fight, with the resources that we have. So hopefully that improves us a little bit more. Um, would you prefer someone else come in, or would you would you mind some? I, I probably think Vivelle would be the guy that they'd promote. But you would you mind Vivelle being promoted and then someone brought in underneath him? I think we have a ton of directors and heads of scout, and I mean our cabinet is already pretty full. Gonna add another voice to it? I don't know, man. I mean, we spent the entire year filling the executive branch of this club and it seems pretty full i don't i don't think we need another voice yes but it it is it's not like all oh, these voices are on the same level there are higher well then, then then make make one of them the boss and keep it moving well that's what i think the idea is you've got the football head which will be one of vivelle's promotion or paul mitchell Obviously, what you've got to remember are some of these roles are for the multi-club model when it comes in. So sure. some, of the, some of these roles won't be, as what I've quite frankly said to all the people that are saying there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yes, but some of these are not even looking at Chelsea right now. They're looking at which clubs we want. Strasbourg's been the one that's mentioned and other clubs have been mentioned. But um, once these multi-club models do start coming into place, they'll be focusing on them. They won't be focusing on Chelsea itself. So again, it's the high. It's it's different height. It's a hierarchy, and just because there's a lot of people, there's a lot. If you look at other clubs and you look deeply into other clubs, they probably have multiple football people on different levels. It doesn't mean they're on the same level. And one person has got more. Uh, has got all. Everyone's got the same amount of voice. No, it's like a boss. And you've got team managers and you've got employees. Obviously, the problem is with the whole football jargon in terms of these names of each roles it's hard to, it's hard to judge as a fan who's head of who's who's above another um but i think obviously inside the club there is a there is a pla- there is an idea of who's higher than another so i don't worry too much about that but i just think foot more football people would be great um i think there we don't we only do need one more so i think this would be good if we can get this sorted before the transfer window but we'll see 
what happens. Um, before we finish, we've got a little bit of time left. Anything else you guys wanted to mention? Yeah, sign Joe Felix to another loan. Get it done now. They pimped the jersey. It shows he wants to be here, and I know that Pochettino will love the player, so don't even think it, about it. Just do I, it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Isn't that just like clapping the fans? N- no, it's way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> because it happened after a goal. Fair enough. Um, I was just playing devil's advocate. I do. No, like well, he didn't play it very well. I, 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 I'm, a devil, I'm a devil without the hook weapon thing that he has. Uh, I'm a fan of man. <laughs> um, Jao Felix is a better number nine than Kai Havertz. Uh, he's a great player. And I think he should start at the nine position and for the rest of the year. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it's so confusing. Like, I, I wonder if Lampard was talked to after uh, the Arsenal game, where he's he, he's talking about Joe Felix. He's like, he's like, he doesn't know what he is. I don't know what he is. He's not what I want in a striker. And I'm like, dog, you want this player to stay here, and yet your words and actions are entirely antithetical to that notion. And I, I'm like, I just don't understand what he's doing, unless this is some last-ditch effort to save Mason Mount's Chelsea career, which I wouldn't put it past Lampard. But for me, that, like his actions and his words are, are confusing. Uh, I mean, what makes me laugh is he criticises Felix for that. But, but then he puts in Havert, who has, is exist, literally exactly the same, if not worse, in terms of not knowing his position. Yeah. Um, Havertz is quite frankly put out in public that he doesn't know his position and he doesn't think that's bigger. That's a big deal, which I, I do think is a little bit of a problem and a big deal. But there you go. It's what it is. Um, these footballers, they're, they're, they're talented footballers, but they're not sometimes the biggest IQs in the world. Well, the other thing is that Lampard, I mean, Havertz was bought under Lampard. So there's a little bit of uh, familiarity there. Probably a little bit more loyalty. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can get that as well. Uh, that different. That's a good point. Um, Lampard didn't want Havertz. Well, you don't know that. Actually, I do. Oh, did he tell you? Actually, it was. Yeah, it was a, a board signing. It was not a Lampard signing. Ah, it doesn't mean he didn't want him. I, I, I think I, I, I want him. I think he's a great player, but. You know, we'll see what happens with Nkunku and, and everything else because I still am uh, I am still putting out hope for Harry Kane, and I mean that. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I think Harry Kane is an interesting one. Um, yeah, I, I I I think I would I would love him to come to the club, and I I wouldn't mind if he was the only major signing we had. Obviously. Lavia, I wouldn't class as a main major signing in terms of defensive midfield, and then goalkeepers. We don't know what's happening with the goalkeeper role, but as I, as I had a vehement discussion with Marv, I said if 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 we are only signing two out of the three, I can live with I can live with these two goalkeepers for another year. Ooh, I don't think that I don't think that that's an option, man. I think no, that, I, I, I think Andre Onana. No, no, what, what I. The, of course, I don't want it to be an option. But if if that if for some reason we can only afford two of the three, or for some reason one position is one certain players are not available for that position, or why I think it might come into it, we can't sell both either Mendy or Kepa. Yeah, I would be happy. I'd rather have Mendy and oh, Kepa, or it would be Kepa. I would rather have Kepa in goal for another season. Under behind with a good defense in front of him, then not have another de- defensive midfielder next to Enzo Fernandez and not have a striker. So I I keep going back to this. I don't know why Slonina hasn't been given a, a run. If these guys, if this club and this hierarchy are so disappointed in in Eddie and Kepa, then why aren't we trying to promote Slonina? I mean, we we bought him. He's he's. Very, very good. I, I, I don't know why. If every other damn youth player is getting a run, why are we not at least trying this guy? He's well, huge. I mean, he's I mean, good. I mean, 
Triple Decker and for David David Datry for Fire ain't getting game time either. So it's not like every youth player is getting game time. Everybody on Twitter loves Datry for and yet forgets that when he plays, he is aimless. No, but I'm I'm making the point that there are other youth players that aren't playing. So it's not like everyone's playing. Yeah. I mean, it's Chip wrong. A example. Badia Shile is a oh, he's not a youth player, but he's a young yeah very young player. I think awesome. I think I think the thing with Slalina is that goalkeepers do naturally develop and mature later. Mm-hmm. Um, and with him being at such a tender age, maybe it is that thing of Selena is there, but Selena is someone for the future or not now. Well, if, we, if we're going to say the MLS is like the championship, he set the record for clean sheets in MLS. Yeah, he's really good. Um, yeah, I, I don't doubt that he's very good, but I... I understand it, of it. It's, it is a thing of young goalkeepers do not play at the top level. Like, well, he's already name, shown the, he's name, already shown name, name, name another goalkeeper ha, has played that Courtois. level. Courtois. Courtois. Yeah, Courtois. Are we saying he's just as special as Courtois? No. <laughs> um, no. What about the Italian dude? Oh, Donnarumma. Yeah, there's, Donnarumma. there's one. That, that destroys your argument, Matt. Oh, yeah, Donnarumma. but again... It is because of Donnarumma. Fuck no. Donnarumma's probably the best keeper in the world. But this this is my point. He's not at that level of... You've got to be at a very certain level to play in a top, top team week in, week out. Yeah, Donnarumma. I don't, I don't think he's at that level. So I, I would rather him go out on loan or if we're talking about the multi-club model, whichever, whichever club we do buy it, I wouldn't mind him getting game time there. Play for a season or two, like Courtois did. Courtois, he came to us very young. He didn't play. For, he played at Atletico Madrid for two seasons before he even decided we wanted him. And that the only reason we got him in back in was because he was really pressuring us to play him. Otherwise, he was going to move. Yeah. yeah, he moved anywhere. Yeah, he did because he's a snake. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, Selena doesn't follow that sort of path. Um, <laughs> like, I trust that you Americans are not a snake. You trusting wrong? Oh, uh, oh, don't, oh, don't. Uh, I don't, I'm not even going to make a comment on that because I do not want to offend half the people that listen to this podcast. Uh, I'll offend them. Americans are self-interested. That is what they do. Well, um, I'm a Texan, so that's definitely. <laughs> Texans think that they live in a different country <laughs> because Texas was uh, its own country, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Texans are cool, unlike the rest of the Americans. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say Ted Cruz is the epitome of cool because he's kind of a dork. But I think there's a lot of cool Texans, and it's a really, really cool place, actually. So, you know, I, I, if you've never been there, definitely check it out because there's so many different facets of the, uh, the place. I mean, Austin is completely different from Houston, which is completely different from Dallas, which is completely different from. Uh, you know, t- um, San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, it's all. Yeah, San Antonio is awesome. I mean, especially if you're an old person. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's a fun place. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I'll make it to Texas one day. Um, to see Galveston. How I mean, Galveston, bro. Come on, it's awesome. But Padre. there is one. There is one more thing I wanted to say before we do finish, and it is crossing from men's to women's. Big up to Sam Kerr Woo! Uh, for taking part in the coronation. No, none of them Arsenal players are doing that shit. Sam Kerr's massive. Singer's not even English. <laughs> what are well, Commonwealth Australian. Yeah. But technically, that the mo- is, is one of your most famous people is supposed to be doing that. So, oh, Sam okay. Massive. Yeah. Sam oh, Kerr is just massive. Best player, best, best player in the world. I mean, she's carrying, she's carrying that flag like she carries Chelsea women at the moment. Yeah. What a baller. I'm joking. There are other good players in Chelsea. And of course, Gura Wrighton being the player of the season, in my opinion. But there you go. Um, so big up to everyone that has been listening. Just over an hour uh, for us all. Unfortunately, Arsenal are winning. So we didn't get to celebrate on here and take a piss out of Molina. But I'm sure, hopefully in the next half an hour to an hour, Newcastle can change that for us. Um, but first of all, Carlito, thank you for coming on. Yeah, just... 
keep Jao Felix. Don't even think about it. Just sell Mount, keep Felix, sell Blonde Mount, and uh, keep it moving. We need money. Yes, exactly. Money indeed. And big up to Jesters. Thank you for coming on again. Thank you for having me and show me the money. Money, money, money. Here comes the money. That's that's June for us. We're going to be showing the money. And then Shane, we're gonna spend, Shane O'Mac, here comes the money. Yeah. Then, then uh, we're going to spend 250 million pounds this, this summer. <laughs> On who? We're already bringing in three players that haven't been here yet. <laughs> well, that's reported. That's the, our war chest for the summertime. It's 250 million. I don't care how much it costs to get Harry Kane. You do whatever you have to do. He is an amazing player. Exactly. Bring it. Do whatever you can to get him in. Um, the big up to everyone that has been listening. Obviously, check us out every week. We will do at least one pod, maybe two, if we do get a women's pod fixed in. Uh, obviously, Wayne is is a tricky son of a bitch to get tied down, but we will tie him down soon. Um, a big up to everyone. <laughs> uh, big up, darts, big up to Wayne. Too many dartboards, man. <laughs> too much F1. Big up to Wayne. Love you, love you, pal. But um, big up to everyone that has watching. Check out the merch, check out the website, check out the YouTube, and of course, check out this wonderful pod. Matt, oh, Jesters, and 